Hey, what's up, guys? It's Rico here, CEO of Source Financia, Coast to Main Podcast, and the host of the Source Financia YouTube channel, of course, back with another one. I don't want to be a product of my environment. I want my environment to be a product of me. to know does influencer marketing still work and <laughs> if yes how what's the best way of actually getting in contact with influencers yeah yeah influencer marketing definitely still works right definitely most definitely still works because the point of marketing right the point of launching a new product the point of marketing for a new product is attention to get attention and influencers are great at doing that because they have 10,000 100,000 a million people already just literally scrolling through their feeds, just looking at beautiful pictures of this influencer and whatever they're saying and talking on stories already, right? So obviously, influencer marketing still works because it grabs attention to your product. The key here to make it actually work for you, though, is to figure out what metrics you want to be measuring, right? Do you just want eyes on your product? Or do you want to get actual sales and conversions for your product? What What is the actual goal? Do you want people to share your product from that influencer video? Like, what is it that you want to do? And from there, working backwards to see how you can actually measure it. A lot of people say influencer marketing is dead because they don't know what they want to measure. They're like, okay, here, I'm, I'm, I'm sending uh, this influencer this product and I'm paying them $500 to create this video and I want purchases. But the influencer is, you know, creating videos for views and likes and, and comments, right? So those goals are different for the two things. So making sure that you actually know what you want to measure and what you want to happen in that, in the long run and creating ways and conversations to, to drive to that goal. That's kind of the key, like mistake people make. The other mistake people make oh, is that they, they look too big, right? They look at influencers who have millions and millions and millions of views and millions and millions and millions of followers, but actually the ones that make honestly the most conversion driven um, impact are those that are still small enough to be super relatable to their audience. People in like the 10K to 50K like follower range, subscriber range, those are actually the ones that drive more conversions than people with millions of followers because they're able to create content that is really tailored towards that specific niche of people following them. By the time you get to millions, it's too generic, right? The, the stuff they make needs to cover a million different people and a million different eyeballs rather than just this these few people. So yeah, those are the two things, like making sure there's a goal and making sure you're finding the right, very specific niche influencer. Also, I guess the influencers that have a smaller have a smaller following are easier to just reach out to, right? Like whereas whereas the ones that are you know millions and millions, they might be constantly getting messaged and, and you know they might just not see your message or be too busy to respond. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, that's a great answer. Um, so I guess it really just comes down to, like you said in your presentation, uh, doing the work. You can't really escape it. You have to sit down and talk to people and validate and ask the right questions. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's again, it's figuring out what your goal is so it's tangible in your head. A lot of people skip, like for crowdfunding, right? A lot of people skip the goal setting part. They just say, I want to raise as much money as possible. I want to get as many backers as possible. 
but that doesn't give you a tangible goal to work towards. That's why I always say, hey, think if you need 100 backers or 500 backers or how many people you need in your campaign to make yourself as, you know, this thing a success and then work backwards so that you can say, hey, this marketing effort is bringing one email address and this will convert into this one backer, right? So you know exactly what you're doing and how it translates to the end result of having a product come to life, right? Same with market validation research. Like I'm going to look at 50 different products on the market and research the five-star reviews and the one-star reviews and write three key points for each one. Having that, setting goals like that makes you kind of accountable to yourself and also doesn't make it too big of a problem that you just get overwhelmed and stop too. <laughs> With the impact of, of COVID-19 in, in 2020, how do you think crowdfunding has been affected as a whole and how do you think it's going to be affected moving forward? No, that's a great question. At first, with um, like the first lockdowns in the States, at least in like March and things like that, people were really scared. You know, people in the crowdfunding industry were like, what is going to happen to crowdfunding, right? Like people typically come to crowdfunding because they have disposable income to spend. Um, however, data from Indiegogo, data from Kickstarter has shown that although people have been scared to launch products because they're like, oh no, backers won't have money to spend. The people who are backing, um, continue to spend pretty like const consistently like the the backing amount has stayed really constant throughout this whole entire like lockdown period despite creators being scared to launch because they're scared people won't back so i think covid covid is like giving kind of us all an opportunity to explore ideas actually i've, I've had a lot more people reach out to me about crowdfunding because they have more time to explore ideas that they've been thinking about, tinkering with for a long time, or they're either pushed to have to do it because they were laid off and they have to like change work or business. And so now they're like, okay, now I have to do it. Another guy reached out to me and I was like, I was laid off from my business. So now I'm creating this, this bag, right? And this was at the beginning of COVID. Now he actually launched and funded already this new type of um, gym bag that he created, right? So I think there's with every like, obstacle there is an opportunity and with crowdfunding it seems like the opportunity is is quite still high <laughs> awesome knowledge. hey what's up guys thanks for listening to this episode of the main cheddar podcast if you want to reach out to us that's podcast at sourcefinasia.com if you want to check out the show notes from the episode that you just watched that's sourcefinasia.com slash made in china and be sure to also check out our youtube channel sourcefinasia all one word cheers Talk, I'm bitter. I didn't have it on the flop, but I'm winning on the river. Longest winter got me seasoned. Now I'm a non-beginner, meaning not yet a veteran, but nevertheless, pick the drug or the rapper, man. I'm better than meth. Dope is either or ether, the drug or the J -dis. I would say dope is reefer, but I would be too basic and overplayed, overslave, won't complain. Oh, the game's been good to a young and out of London, so I'm grateful. Not just for funding other fans, but for the chance to say something. It wasn't in the plans at first. It was sad days. Halfway to graduation, Captain Black hate making job applications. I hate the catchphrase, Canadian rap sensation. Shad K don't have change, big as the Appalachians. But since the label put me out like ashtrays to smoke cats, I